0: Hi everyone, we are turning to Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now Colossians 3.16 is one of only two places in the New Testament where we are asked to sing. The other is Ephesians 5 verse 19 and it's almost an exact uh, replica. Those two verses are almost exactly the same. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We know what the psalms are. Um, Scholars disagree about whether there's a difference between hymns and spiritual songs. But whatever, both here and in Ephesians, this singing is tied to thankfulness to God, um, songs of gratitude to him from us. In Ephesians, Ephesians 5.19, it's added to, to the thought there that it's also, to some degree, addressing one another, that we are addressing each other in these songs. So what is singing for in the Christian life? We know that we naturally sing when we're happy, we perhaps sing in the shower, we sing sad songs when we break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Something about music and singing spills out of our hearts when we have strong emotions or feelings that expresses something deep within us. But what is its place in the Christian life and Christian discipleship? There are some Christians today who would see that sort of horizontal angle in Ephesians 5 and would say that the main, the main point of singing in the Christian life is to be gathered together in church and we sing kind of to each other. You know, we should keep our eyes open, we are addressing one another, encouraging one another with the words, which would be saturated in scripture, good songs. And there's a kind of mutual encouragement as we address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yep, sure. I think that would be the only thing to say if we just took these two New Testament verses but without any of the Old Testament context, which is usually not what we want to do. That's a bit of a strange thing to do. When we put these two verses in the context of the Old Testament, we'll see, well, the Bible is full of commands, and encouragements and examples of singing being vertical addressing god over and over again particularly in the psalms the lord asks us to sing to him and in the psalms we see examples of the psalmist addressing god with thanks and adoration with lament with questions the psalmist's going back to god with his own word In other words, all the dynamics of our relationship with the Lord can be captured and expressed in song to him and to one another. And this is why so many churches have made it such an important part of their Sunday worship down through the thousands of years of the church. Not having a professional choir or having a gig, but congregational song together there are times in the history of the church when congregational song stopped but it was always started up again. Something of singing together reflects those glimpses behind the curtain we have in for example Revelation 4 and 5. John's vision of the father seated on his throne with Jesus the lamb receiving the praise of angels and elders and the whole church gathered That picture isn't a vision of the future really, but a a representation of reality now. The universe as it is. The whole body of Christ from all times and places gathered to him. And the picture is of them singing their hearts out in worship and adoration. And when we sing to the Lord in church or in small group or even alone at home, we are slotting into that great reality Now, of course, Romans chapter 12 tells us that worship is all of life, offering and sacrificing all that we are and all that we do to him. We can do all to the glory of God in Jesus and by the Holy Spirit. We are never apart from God. Despite how we sometimes might speak, we don't go in and out of God's presence. It's certainly not that we spend the week out of God's presence and then somehow are mystically led in by singing in church, but there are times when we draw near to God in a deliberate, intensified, and intimate way, and Sunday worship is the key one. And certainly in corporate song, we are drawing near to God, not not sort of in space as if we'd been distant, not in status, as if we'd been removed from God, but we are drawing closer to him relationally. Marriage is perhaps the best analogy for this. Think of a husband and wife. They are always married, whatever they're doing. Um, Just because perhaps they're not always in the house together doesn't mean they're any less married. In fact, all of their actions, whether they're together or apart, are an expression of their marriage. Taking the bins out feeding the dog, going to work to earn money. But it wouldn't be a good marriage if they never took time to sit down together, to have dinner, to talk, to share intimacy and affection, to say, I love you. And of course, marriage is the constant scriptural picture of Jesus and the church. Our singing in worship is at least in part that drawing near to say to him, you are wonderful thank you i love you just as in a marriage you can't say well you should know i love you because i washed i washed up for you no 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 these things should be said the lord loves to hear them he wants real relationship with us and music and singing is one of his gifts to us that can open up our hearts and our deepest selves to him so that his word dwells in us in the content of the songs and our hearts respond to him in thankfulness. So the application today is probably very obvious. Have a good sing today in praise to the Lord.